Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. And as you're being seated, I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 3, the New Testament book of Hebrews chapter 3. We are continuing in our relationship series titled The Blessed Mess. We are uh, looking at ingredients God wants us to possess and express in our relationships. We cannot give what we don't have. And so we have learned already in our series, we love because God first loved us. We are patient with others because God is patient with us. We forgive others because God has forgiven us in Jesus. Freely and lovingly, we have received from God. Freely and lovingly, we are to give through God. God wants us to focus on what we can give to our relationships instead of what we can get from our relationships. So we're going to continue in this study. The ingredient that we're going to look at this morning for thriving relationships is encouragement. Three quick points about encouragement that will kind of set us off on our course for this sermon. The first is that we enjoy encouragement. This starts at a very young age and continues all the way through our lives. It's like the six-year-old boy said to his father one afternoon, hey dad, let's play darts. I'll throw and you say wonderful. Encouragement blesses us and others. Encouragement makes a difference in us and others. Encouragement helps us believe. Encouragement helps us achieve. Encouragement helps us persevere. Encouragement helps us to think God's way. Encouragement helps us to feel God's way. Encouragement helps us to act God's way. Encouragement changes the course of our day. Encouragement puts a smile on our face. Encouragement puts a song in our heart. Encouragement puts a spring in our step. Encouragement fills us with the courage we need to continue giving to Jesus, growing in Jesus, and going for Jesus day by day. We enjoy encouragement. The second point is we need encouragement. It's like the discouragement, a discouraged salesman said to a coworker one day, he said, what I really need most of all today is a blessing that is not in disguise. And we need encouragement on a day-by-day basis. We need encouragement because the Christian life is the best life, but it's not the easy life. We need encouragement because spiritual warfare is real. We need encouragement because we are ridiculed at times because of our faith in Jesus. We need encouragement because we are excluded at times because of our faith in Jesus. We need encouragement because we are ignored at times because of our faith in Jesus. We need encouragement because life doesn't always work out the way we want it to work out. We need encouragement because uh, unwanted circumstances crash into our lives. We need encouragement because we face various kinds of trials and tests of our faith 
on a regular basis. We need encouragement because Satan, our enemy, tempts us in our trials and tests to turn away from God. We need encouragement because people don't always do and say what we want them to do and say. We need encouragement because we don't always do and say what we want to do and say. We need encouragement because we turn away from God and sin against God at times. We need encouragement because we fail at school, at home, uh, at work with others. We need encouragement because we face decisions at times that are difficult and we don't know what decision to make. We face uh, situations at times where we need encouragement because we need the encouragement to make the decisions we know we need to make, but we're really not fired up about making those decisions. We need encouragement because we get tired and we get frustrated at times of sitting in God's waiting room waiting and hoping for change to happen that never seems to happen. We need encouragement at times because the Christian life is a challenge for you and for me. We are victorious, but the battle continues on day by day. We need encouragement because our attempts to help others goes unnoticed and unappreciated at times. It's easy to see why we get pinned down by discouragement in our day-to-day lives. We enjoy encouragement. We need encouragement. The third point is God commanded us to be encouragers. God commanded us to be encouragers. The author of Hebrews here in chapter 3 shares some important words with us. The author began chapter 3 by sharing with us how much greater and more worthy of glory Jesus is than Moses. Though Moses was certainly a faithful servant of God, he led the Israelites, the people of God, well, better than anyone before or after. We know, however, though as faithful as Moses is, Jesus is greater. Jesus is the faithful Son of God, God the Son. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the good news of the gospel. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. And so the author of Hebrews shares at the beginning of chapter 3 about uh, how much greater Jesus is for us as his followers. And then he gave us a warning. Beginning in verse 7, he warned us, right here, right now, this is for you and for me today, this week. He warned us as he quoted from Psalm 95. And then in verse 12, we're going to see from verses 7 through 11, he warned us as he quoted that passage from the book of Psalms. And then he warned us again in verse 12, and then he encouraged us in verse 13. And so we'll begin Hebrews chapter 3 in verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, so we know the author of Hebrews is sharing once again uh, that the words that he is writing are inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. They're not his words, uh, they're God's words. Through him and to him by the Holy Spirit of God, which we know all scripture is inspired by God. It's breathed out by God. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. On the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years, therefore I was provoked to anger with that generation and said, they always go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my ways, so I swore in my anger they will not enter my rest. 
The author here quoting from Psalm 95. The reference is to the adult generation of Israelites who followed Moses out of Egypt across the Red Sea. The adult generation of Israelites did not enter into the promised land due to their sin of unbelief and disobedience to God. As you remember, the Israelites listened to the 10 fearful spies instead of the two faithful spies, and they turned away from God in sin. And God said, he said, you will not enter into the promised land because of your sin. And so God disciplined that generation of Israelites for their sin against him. And so we see this warning from the history, Old Testament, here in the New Testament, and then the author of Hebrews continued in verse 12, watch out, brothers and sisters, so that there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Watch out. Say that with me out loud. Watch out. Watch out means take care, take heed, open your eyes, look out. Watch out is a present active imperative. It's a command that we're to obey today and every day. It's not a suggestion to consider. Watch out. What the author is saying here is learn from the Israelites. Don't be like the Israelites. The Israelites looked to the maid instead of the maker, and they walked by fear instead of by faith. Watch out. Be on guard spiritually is the warning here in verse 12. Watch out. We have an enemy. His name is Satan, and he is a liar. He is the father of lies. All he can do is lie. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue. Satan is the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan is our adversary. He prowls around us like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. And so the author of Hebrews is saying, watch out. Be alert spiritually. Pay attention spiritually. He says, watch out, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters referred to believers. Brothers and sisters are those who are saved by God's grace through their faith in Christ Jesus. Those back in this time, the audience that the author was writing to, but us as well today, we're brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. He said, watch out, brothers and sisters. So we know he's talking to these brothers and sisters in Jesus. Within this group of brothers and sisters in Jesus were some, he said, who had an evil, unbelieving heart. He said, watch out, brothers and sisters, so there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. There were some that he was writing to, brothers and sisters, who had an evil, unbelieving heart. Those who had an evil, unbelieving heart were not true followers of Jesus. Unbelieving here literally means refusal to believe and commit. So he's saying, watch out, brothers and sisters. There are some who have an evil, unbelieving heart. There are some who are not true, genuine, sincere followers of Jesus. They have a refusal to believe in God and commit to God. The reason, he said, they fall away from the living God is because they don't have a relationship with the living God. 
I love what the late great pastor Charles Spurgeon said about this verse. He said, those with evil, unbelieving hearts are professors, not possessors of new life in Christ. This warning was for these believers years ago. This warning is for us today. Because this is true for us today. There are people who sit in church week after week after week, and they think they are followers of Jesus. They may even profess to be followers of Jesus, but they're not followers of Jesus. They are professors, not possessors of new life in Christ Jesus. And so this warning was for years and years ago. This warning is for us today. Watch out, brothers and sisters, so that there isn't in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Listen, once we're saved, we're always saved. But once we're saved, we're changed. We're different from the inside out. We think differently. We act differently. We live differently. Because of Christ, the hope of glory, who is in us. And so we understand and know what is the point here in verse 12 that the author of Hebrews is making. It's real simple. He's saying this, make sure your salvation is sincere. Make sure your salvation is genuine. You see, true, genuine, sincere followers of Jesus will struggle at times with unbelief. Will struggle at times with sin. True, sincere followers of Jesus Christ will, like these Israelites in their example, turn away from God and sin against God. There are times when we as followers of Jesus Christ will think our way is better than God's way and we'll go our way instead of God's way. However, sincere, true, genuine followers of Jesus Christ will be convicted by God because of their sin against God. They will experience godly sorrow over their sin, which will lead them to repentance. True, sincere followers of Jesus Christ will humbly turn to God in confession of their sin to God. They will seek God's forgiveness. They will receive God's forgiveness, and they will be forgiven by God, and they will continue growing in their faith in God, persevering in their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So we know true, sincere, genuine followers of Jesus Christ Christ, one sign is they are convicted by God. They are convicted of their sin. When they sin against God, when they turn away from God, they know it because the Holy Spirit lives within them, and the Holy Spirit convicts us when we sin against God so that we will turn to God in confession of our sin. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're not sinless, but we should sin less as we grow in our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So he's saying, watch out, brothers and sisters, so there's not in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Make sure your salvation is sincere. One way is we will be convicted by our sin and we'll turn to God in confession of our sin. And we'll forsake that sin and continue living for God day by day by his power at work in us. But then he continues in verse 13 and watch this. He says in verse 13, but encourage each other daily while it is still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. Now watch this. True, sincere followers of Jesus Christ will also be encouragers and exhorters. God wants us to be ministers 
of encouragement. He wants you to be a minister of encouragement. He wants me to be a minister of encouragement. Encourage comes from two different words in the original Greek language. It's actually a combination word. Para, which means beside or by or near. And kaleo, which means to call, to invite, to summon. Encourage means to call near, to come beside others for the purpose of encouraging, exhorting, and strengthening. God wants us to come near, to come beside our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus to encourage and exhort them to continue living for Jesus and loving like Jesus. God wants us to come near, to come beside those who do not know Jesus yet, to encourage and exhort them to believe in Jesus and to place their faith and trust in Jesus. God wants us to be encouragers. He wants you to be an encourager and for me to be an encourager. Listen, encouragers encourage others. A sign that we are new in Christ Jesus is that we encourage one another in Christ Jesus. If you want encouragement, be an encourager. Encouragement is contagious as we teach our kids as they grow up. If you want friends, be a friend. If you want encouragement, be an encourager. Encouragement is contagious. If you want friends, be an encourager. Everyone loves to be around encouragers. Think about it. You know folks who are encouragers, and one of the main reasons why you enjoy being around those folks is because they're encouragers. It reminds me of the story that was told of a young man who gave a concert one night. It was a big concert hall. The next day, he received a very poor review for the concert and for his performance. And uh, that next day, the famous Finnish composer, uh, Gene Sibelius, encouraged the young man. And he said this, young man, remember, my son, that there is no city in the world that has a statue to a critic. We understand and know that encouragement makes a difference. Encouragement is contagious. Folks like to be around encouragers. If you want to please God, be an encourager. If you want to have a blast each day, be an encourager. It is fun to encourage those that God places around you. And so we see this warning and this encouragement. Watch out, brothers and sisters, but encourage one another daily. Well, I'll still call today. So that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. Watch out so that there isn't in any of you an unbelieving evil heart that turns away from the living God. We see this warning and this exhortation, this warning and this encouragement together. And it leads us to answer a few questions. The first is this. When do we encourage? The answer is easy. Now. Encourage now, but encourage each other is a present active comparative. It's another command, day-by-day day command that we're to obey. It's not a suggestion to consider. But encourage each other daily. That means daily. That means daily. That means every day. That means all through the day, the morning, the afternoon, the evening. While it is still called today, literally means this. Encourage now. Now. Don't wait until later to encourage. Why encourage now? Because the time to encourage someone may pass later on. We may get too busy, too distracted, or too discouraged ourselves to encourage later on. 
We need to take advantage of every single opportunity that God provides us to encourage and to lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. So when God brings that person to your mind to encourage, do it. Then and there, do it. Thriving relationships have folks who are encouragers in those relationships. Do it. Encourage right then, right now. Speak those encouraging words. Send that encouraging email. Send that encouraging text. Send that encouraging card. Send that encouraging note. Show those encouraging actions. Smile at that person. Shake their hand. Give them a hug. Give them a holy high five. Minister to them. Show that encouragement. Share that encouragement. Speak encouragement. Do it right then. Do it right now. Take a minute. Turn and smile at the person next to you real big. Go. Smile. Now either shake their hand or give them a high five to sit next to you. Shake their hand or give them a high five. Some of you even cheated and hugged. That's good. I like it. And I don't see anybody frowning. I didn't see anybody punch anybody. Nobody's frowning. What do we know? We know this. There's no danger in us giving or receiving too much encouragement. There's no danger. I've not met anyone yet who has ever told me, you know what, Mark, I'm done. Just please, whatever you do, don't encourage me. Whatever. I cannot take any more. I've got enough. Check with me next week. Nobody says that. The time to encourage each other is always right now. It's right now. So we know when we're to encourage now. Why? Why do we encourage? Well, there's a couple of reasons why we encourage. We see right here in this passage. The first reason we encourage is God said so. That's it. That's the first, the best, really the only reason we need. There's others, but that's the first and most important reason. God said so. We encourage because God said so. We forgive because God said so. We give because God said so. We comfort because God said so. We love because God said so. God's in charge. He knows what's best. We obey him. And so we encourage each other daily while it's still called today because God commanded us to encourage one another. So it's incumbent upon us, it's imperative for us as followers of Jesus to walk in obedience to the Lord. And so we encourage one another. God told us to encourage. Second reason is encouragement protects us from sin. Encouragement protects us from being hardened by sin's deception. Now I want you to think for just a moment in that verse 13. What a scary description for us as a follower of Jesus Christ. That brother, that sister is hardened by sin's deception. That's scary. That is a scary, scary description for a member of God's family. So we encourage because encouragement helps to protect us from being hardened by sin's deception. Hardened here means uh, to become dry, to become hard, to become obstinate, to become stubborn. We get hardened spiritually. We become dry spiritually. When we stop spending time with God, when we stop depending on God, when we stop walking with God, when we stop trusting in God, when we stop spending time in prayer with God, 
We become hardened. We give in to sin. We give the devil a foothold. We believe his lies rather than God's truth. And what happens is we become hardened. What happens is that sin takes effect and it begins to spread through us. And we become stubborn in our sin against God and resistant to the conviction of God over our sin against God. In a simple statement, we become deceived. We're deceived. Sin's deceptive. Sin is deceptive. It deceives us. Sin promises us things that it cannot provide for us on a lasting basis. Sin promises an escape from all of our troubles. Sin promises pleasure that will never end. Sin promises pleasure without any consequences. Sin promises a solution to all our problems. And we know as followers of Jesus Christ, it can't provide on any of those promises. As followers of Jesus, we never win living in sin. Listen, sin fascinates and then sin assassinates. Sin fascinates. We wouldn't be drawn to it if it didn't fascinate us. We wouldn't be drawn to it if we weren't prone to give in to it. We wouldn't be drawn to it if there wasn't some enjoyment for a moment in it. Sin fascinates. But then sin assassinates. Sin will take us farther than we want to go, keep us longer than we want to stay, and cost us more than we want to pay. No matter how good the bait of sin may look, there is always, always, always a hook. Always. It's going to catch us and hurt us. Late great pastor Stephen Olford said, The most deadly sins don't leap upon us. They creep upon us. So, Sincere, genuine followers of Jesus Christ are convicted by their sin against God and they turn to God in confession of their sin and they continue growing in their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Sincere, genuine followers of Jesus Christ, however, also apply not only verse 12 but verse 13. They encourage and exhort their brothers and sisters in Jesus so that they won't be hardened by sin's deception. Here's the good news. When we encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, when we exhort our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, it protects them from being hardened by sin's deception, but it also protects us from being hardened by sin's deception. So there's a double blessing, a double benefit there when it comes to encouragement. As we're encouraging our brothers and sisters all day, throughout the day, as long as it's called today, we reap a benefit because it reminds us not to become hardened by sin's deception. As we help our brothers and sisters not to become hardened by sin's deception. So we know when and we know why. The third question is how. How do we encourage others? And there's a multiplicity of answers that we could look at when it comes to encouraging others. And we've already mentioned a few of them. But Paul, I believe, gives us a great answer to this question in Romans chapter 15. Turn to your left to Romans chapter 15. He gives us a great answer to this question. And so we'll look at this question and apply it here uh, in our midst in just a few moments. Uh, but he answers this question, how do we encourage one another? We know when, we know why. So how? Uh, and he gives us a great answer. Romans 15, uh, begin reading in verse 4. Paul wrote these words, for whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction. It's written to teach us so that we may have hope through endurance 
and through the encouragement from the scriptures. Say that with me out loud. Through the encouragement from the scriptures. One more time. Through the encouragement from the scriptures, now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement, note that, now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another according to Christ Jesus, so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and one voice. How do we encourage one another? The first answer is we encourage one another in God's power. We encourage one another by God's power at work in us. Paul here told us God is the one who gives us encouragement. We're able to encourage. We know what encouragement is because God is an encouraging God. God gives us encouragement. When God saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, he placed his Holy Spirit in us. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. That's one of the ways we know we have been saved and we have been changed forever. We have the Holy Spirit of God who lives within us. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. He is our comforter. He is our convictor. He is our guide. He is our helper. He is our teacher. And he is also our encourager. The Holy Spirit of God who lives within us encourages us to live in love God's way. He encourages us to follow Jesus by faith. He encourages us to spend time with God on a day-by-day basis. He encourages us to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. He encourages us to walk by the Spirit, not the flesh, so that we will certainly not carry out the sinful desires of our flesh. He encourages us, the Holy Spirit encourages us to encourage others. As always, we know God never asks us to do something he's not also going to empower us to do and equip us to do. So God calls us and commands us to be encouragers, and so he places his Holy Spirit in us. His Holy Spirit encourages us to be encouragers, and then his Holy Spirit not only encourages us, but he empowers us to be encouragers. The Holy Spirit gives us the power, the wisdom, the desire, the ability to be encouragers. This is great news. This eliminates excuses. You know what that means? It means this. There are some who say, well, I'm just not good at encouraging. It's not my gift. I'm just not good at encouraging others. I'm not good with words. I'm not good with giving kind, supportive, encouraging words with to, to those that God's placed around me. I'm just, not, I'm just not good at encouraging. That's okay. God is. God is. He's the one who gives us encouragement. So all we've got to do, all you got to do is get out of God's way and walk in accordance with the Spirit who lives within you. Follow His lead. He will give you the desire. He'll give you the words. He'll give you the opportunity. And He'll give you the strength to encourage. And when you start to encourage folks, understand this. You're going to be blessed. It may feel awkward if you're not given to encouragement often. And you may have to resuscitate folks who know you're not given to encouragement often when you start to give encouragement. But that's all good because God's going to help you to encourage. This is awesome news. We encourage by God's power. It's not by us. 
I don't have to wake up every day and think of myself, oh man, I've got to encourage this person, that person. I've got to encourage all these folks. No, I wake up each day, I surrender to the Lord, do my best to get out of his way, and then he fills me with the desire and strength when I see folks. Even when I don't see folks, he'll bring folks to mind. Man, that's a text, that's an email, that's a call, that's a visit. Let's do it. Let's encourage. And when you start encouraging, you get kind of gets into your bones and into your blood, and you want to keep encouraging. You start encouraging and encouraging, and it becomes second nature, and God is pleased and others are blessed and that encouragement protects us and it protects those we're encouraging from giving in to sin so we encourage by God's power secondly Paul made it real clear we encourage with God's word we encourage with God's word Paul wrote for whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction uh, so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. The scriptures, God's word is full of encouragement for you and for me. This is a treasure chest of encouragement. God's word, the Old Testament and New Testament teaches us how to live God's way, fills us with hope as we live God's way, and it encourages us to endure in living God's way day by day by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. This is a treasure chest of encouragement, and we see it throughout the New Testament. Paul encouraged Timothy, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Rebuke, correct, and encourage, he said, with great patience and teaching. There we see the connection between encouragement and teaching of the Word of God. Encourage with the Word. We encourage by God's power. We encourage with God's Word. Barnabas uh, encouraged the believers in the church in Antioch. He encouraged them to be devoted to God with sincere hearts, to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. And then he and Paul stayed there in Antioch for a year, teaching them the Word of God, the connector between encouragement and the Word of God. We encourage by God's power we encourage with God's word. We are encouraged by God's word, and we encourage with God's word. We encourage others as we comfort others with the truth of God's word. We encourage others as we lift them up with the truth of God's word. We encourage others as we pray with them and for them and over them according to the truth of God's word. We encourage others as we speak the truth of this word into their lives, into their hearts. We encourage others with the word of God. And it's real easy for you and for me. We get in the word, we discover the word, we apply the word, and then we share the word with those that God places around us. And there's encouragement from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, from Old Testament to the New Testament. As the Lord encouraged Joshua, be strong and courageous. The Lord encourages you and me today. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
Delight yourselves in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. The Lord God is the sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those of us who walk, whose walk is blameless. Oh, Lord Almighty, blessed is the man, the woman who trusts in you. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. I keep the Lord in mind always because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their cries for help. God's word is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. If we want to know how we're able to keep our way pure, we need to hide this word in our heart so that we will not sin against the Lord God Almighty. We know that Jesus told us, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have suffering, you will have trouble, you will have trials, you will have difficulties, but take heart, be courageous. I have overcome the world. I have conquered the world. We know that we can cast all our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Whoever one who asks receives, seek, it's the he who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. As we present our request to God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We don't have to be anxious about anything. Because we can pray to God about everything. We know that if we confess our sins, our God is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We know the one who conceals the sin will not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces the sin will find mercy. We know there is no wisdom, no understanding, no counsel that will prevail against the Lord. We know the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to guard our hearts because it's the wellspring of life. We know that God is the one who's working in us to willing to work according to his good purpose. And we can be sure and confident this, that he started a good work in us, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And we know he'll meet all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. God's grace is sufficient for you and for me. His power is perfected in our weakness. Therefore, we can boast all the more gladly about our weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on us. We are to give and it will be given to us a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, be poured in our lot because the measure by which we give to others, it will be measured back to us. We know that we're to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. We know that nothing or no one can separate us from the love that God has for us in Christ Jesus. There is now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. All things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Jesus is divine. We're the branches. And if we remain in him, he'll remain in us and we can bear much fruit, become apart from him. We can do nothing. We're to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge God, and he will make our path straight. For I consider the present sufferings that we are going through today will not be able to be even compared to the glory that is going to be revealed to us one day in heaven with our Savior, Jesus Christ. We know that we are citizens of heaven. We're in this world. We're not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind and sound judgment. We are victors and conquerors and overcomers in Christ Jesus. And we know that if we love God, we will keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. They will bless us, guide us, and direct us on a day-by-day basis to see the best encouragement we can give. Is encouragement from the word of God encouragement from the word of God. 
You see, the grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of our Lord God Almighty remains forever and ever. And so we encourage by God's power, not ours. We encourage with God's word and we encourage for God's glory. As we see in verse 6, he reminds us, so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and with one voice. The purpose of our encouragement, understand this, the purpose of your encouragement, the purpose of my encouragement, the purpose of the encouragement we give and the purpose of the encouragement we receive is to glorify God, is to bring honor and glory to God. Encouragement helps us to live in peace and unity with God. Encouragement helps us to live in peace and unity with one another. Encouragement helps us to glorify God with one mind and with one voice. You see, encouragement glorifies God. Encouragement pleases God because encouragement leads to peace and harmony and unity and obedience and praise. And God deserves and desires peace and harmony and unity and obedience and praise. So we are reminded again this morning, we please God as we encourage. We praise God as we encourage. We bless one another as we encourage. We help protect ourselves from giving in to sin as we encourage. We help protect our brothers and sisters in Christ from giving in to sin as we encourage. And we point others to King Jesus as we encourage one another and all those God places around us. But encourage each other daily while it is still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. The command has been given, encourage. It's still today. So let's walk in obedience. Let's follow the Spirit of God living within us, and let's encourage one another. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. As our worship team comes to lead in this time of invitation, we have our prayer partners who will be standing up here at the front they would love to pray with you, pray for you. One of the best ways we encourage one another is through praying for and with one another. I'm going to ask our pastors to come to the front as well. And we'll have pastors standing here at the front of each aisle, as well as our prayer partners who are standing here as well. And what I want to just share with you is if you need encouragement this morning, we got to walk in the word. When God gives us a word and he shares his word, we have to walk in the word. We have to walk in obedience to the word. And so if you need encouragement for whatever reason, doesn't matter the reason, if you just need encouragement, if your testimony is you came into this room and you would say, you know what, I was discouraged in this area. I desperately need encouragement in this area. Then I want you to know encouragement is here for you by God's power through God's people according to God's word. And I want to encourage you to make your way down to some of these folks who are standing here. And you just come and all you got to do is come and just say, I need encouragement. We're ready to encourage. We're ready to pray for you. We're ready to pray over you. We're ready to encourage you. 
You can share what that specific need is, or you don't have to share. You just simply need to say, I'm here because I need encouragement. That's enough. That's good enough. God knows, you know, and we're just going to join God by his spirit in us, and we're going to pray for you. We want to encourage you. We want to bless you. The altar is open as it always is for you to come and kneel and do business with the Father. Maybe you want to just come and kneel with a husband, your wife, with a brother in Christ or sister in Christ, and you just want to come and kneel and pray and encourage someone. Listen, you know others here who need encouragement. God may send you to go and encourage someone. That's okay too. Go get up and move and go to encourage. Maybe God's just wanting you to go and encourage someone with a smile, with a handshake, with a hug, with a high five. Someone's going through a challenging time, a difficult time. You know, maybe the greatest thing you can do is give them a smile or just give them a hug. This is an opportunity. God has spoken to us. We have worshiped God through song. We have worshiped him through his word. And now we worship him through our response. And this is a go sermon as every sermon is. It's a go sermon. It's a go and encourage. Go and lift up your brothers and sisters in Christ. Go and encourage folks. If you need encouragement, come and ask for encouragement. We want to be those who encourage one another so that there's none of us who has an evil, unbelieving heart. So there's none of us who's hardened by sin's deception. So there's none of us who stay in that place of discouragement despair. God, by his spirit, wants to speak and move and to bring encouragement to you and to us. He wants to bring encouragement to this room and beyond this room. Let's walk in the word and let's encourage one another. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, I would encourage you to make that decision this morning. Jesus took your place on the cross. He paid your price for sin. He died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb. He rose again. He's alive. And faith in Jesus is the only way to a relationship with God. Let's not make sure you leave here being one who is a professor, but not a possessor of new life in Christ. Don't just be a professor. Make sure that you know that you are a possessor of new life in Christ. Jesus is the Savior, and he longs and desires to be your Savior and your Lord. Let's stand and let's say yes to the Father this morning.